0: Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting the first week of June. This workshop is going to focus entirely on digital marketing. And the goal of this workshop is to help you bust through the confusion and overwhelm so that you can conquer digital marketing and grow your flower business. I am going to share with you in this workshop my step by step framework for leveraging digital marketing as a florist, and you will walk away with a personalized blueprint, clear action plan so that you know exactly where to focus your time, effort, and energy. And we're going to dive into understanding the most efficient and effective advertising platforms for you to market your business, how to leverage social media. And exactly where to prioritize your spending so that you can get your business in front of your dream customers. This workshop is being hosted online. Yes, if you can't join me live, there will be a video replay so that you can play catch up in your own time. I will leave the link to sign up to this workshop in the show notes so that you can grab your spot today and then you get to join me on zoom and we get to workshop your digital marketing plan and you get to make the most of the rest of 2024. So I would love to see you there and I am so incredibly excited to host this workshop, share my process with you and make sure that you are crystal clear on exactly what to do to get found by those dream customers. So visit the link in the show notes, grab your spot today, and I will see you at the workshop. You're listening to the Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you've got this. I was talking to an old work friend of mine from back when I used to have a fancy job, <laughs> before I had a fake job. But I was talking to an old friend of mine, and she is still working. She still has a job, and she's still working in fancy corporate world. And she was like, what do you think the biggest difference is? between working in corporate and working for yourself. And I know I've talked about the whole concept of like being in charge and being the authority and that's uncomfortable. But the other thing I've really begun to recognize is how much we as the human that's leading our business has to put ourselves in harm's way. And we have to step outside of our comfort zone like every day of the week. And for so many of us, we get in our own way so unconsciously, so not aware of the fact that our thoughts are the thing that need to change to create a different outcome. And when you get into the world of managing your mindset and really starting to understand how being human actually works, (laughs) that you don't have to believe all of the thoughts that are in your head, all of a sudden, you can kind of zoom out of your own body and you realize how much you are stepping out of your comfort zone every single day. And so many of us, right? And myself included, I will put all of us at the table here to say, we are allowing the fear of rejection to stand in the way of us creating the results that we want to create in our business. And even the act of just identifying that and Articulating it and labeling it and saying it out loud or writing it down and then deciding what you want to do with it. Do you want to continue to allow the fear of rejection to be the thing that stands in the way of you creating the business that you've always dreamed of? Or are you okay to really embrace the discomfort, recognize that fear is a normal part of the human experience and take action anyway? And I had to look up the other day on the Google. I was like, okay, how does the Google define rejection? And I love this definition because it takes some of the emotion out of the situation for us. So Google defines rejection as the dismissing or refusal of a proposal or an idea. And the reason that I love this definition so much is because when you run the business, when you are in charge of marketing and sales and you're putting your ideas out into the world, the vast majority of the humans and your customers and the people who come in contact with your business are going to reject your offer. I'm gonna repeat that again so that it really lands in your brain. The vast majority of human beings who you come in contact with are going to reject your offer. And where we can get ourselves into a lot of trouble and where I got myself into a lot of trouble is confusing personal rejection with professional rejection. So we see a customer's no, or we see their that's too expensive, or I can't afford that, as a rejection of us as a human being, versus they've simply said no to that offer. When we are the head of the business and we interpret the client's no as a direct attack on us, the human being, we get ourselves in this total spiral and we stop taking action, right? We kind of go back and hide in the cave. And if that's you, I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. Welcome to the experience of being a human being with a human brain. It's literally how your brain is wired. Because of our human brain, we immediately go into panic mode we are a tribal species. We are wired to stay part of the crowd. And a no from a potential client from a potential customer is immediately, like instantaneously interpreted as, oh my goodness, I have just gotten kicked out of the tribe. Now I am going to be asked to leave the cave. I am going to be left out into the cold and I am going to die. And all of that happens within a millisecond, probably even less time if we were to actually measure it. That entire experience, when a customer says that's too expensive, that's what goes on in your head, literally. (laughs) And when we are convinced that there's something wrong with us, we then will stop sending quotes out to customers. We won't raise our prices. And... We don't ever figure out how to navigate rejection and how to feel that experience and learn that it's a normal part of being a human being. Like, no wonder we fear rejection so much. And that fear of rejection is what gets in the way of us finally embracing the discomfort and saying, yes, I want to do that big installation or I want to stop doing weddings or I want to sell my shop or I want to open a shop or I want to open a flower school. Right? For so many of us, it's that voice in our head of, what are they going to think? Like, what are they going to think? And I hate to break it to you, but they're not going (laughs) to. Literally not going to think. It's really unfortunate. But that little voice in your head that says, oh my goodness, what are they going to think? It is the thing that's standing in the way from you showing up in the world the way that you really know that you can show up in the world. And it's that fear of rejection that really holds us back that keeps us playing small. And it's how we can get in our own way. And in some circles, that activity or that inactivity is referred to as failing ahead of time. And when we feel rejected, right, when we're in the energy of feeling rejected, we don't take action. We don't post on Instagram. We don't get back to that next client. We don't even want to pick up the phone or respond to emails. And we don't do anything that actually helps move our business forward. And it can go even deeper when we start to intentionally sabotage our own efforts. This idea that I just don't want to send over that quote because it's for $30,000 and her budget is 6K. What if they reject it? What if they tell me I'm too expensive? I don't want to tell the client that that bouquet that's sitting on the counter or that arrangement that's sitting on the counter is $172. What if they look at me and tilt their head and go, that's expensive? All of that is simply skills and scenarios to navigate because it's going to happen. The bigger your business gets, the more often you're going to be navigating a, whoa, that's expensive, (laughs) customer. It's an interesting kind of comparison, right? Where we think, okay, well, maybe one day I'll finally feel confident. Except the bigger your business gets, the more exposure you have, the more customers you come in contact with, the more often you're going to say no. (laughs) It's so counterintuitive, but here's the thing. There are three main reasons why we allow the fear of rejection to stand in the way of us creating the results we want to create in our business. And the first one, and the one that's been the most helpful to me, is that we have never been taught how the human brain works, and we have never been told that we avoid fear and we are inactive and it's a very normal part of the human experience. Particularly when you make the decision to start a business, learning to feel the fear and take action anyway is how you create massive results in your business, not allowing the fear of rejection to dictate your decisions. The second reason it is compounded, and this is specific to the floral design industry, is The gosh dang social media veneer. This idea that everybody's gonna keep showing up on Instagram as if it's all perfect, nothing is ever a problem. Look at my perfectly crafted flowers, and it is all so effortless, and we're not gonna show any of the angst or the turmoil, and nobody is even gonna talk about it. Like the level of vulnerability that you might even have with your closest flower friends barely scratches the surface. It's like, until we start to actually really connect with other human beings, and there is one brave soul that puts their hand up and says, this shit's hard. I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) True. Correct. Now let's keep going. But we find ourselves in so much of a comparison on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook that we are convinced that there's something wrong with us, like you and me as the human beings whose businesses are not perfectly color coordinated that are not perfectly linear and organized and systematized and effortless and we worry about taking care of our flowers and we worry about making sure that we're meeting our customers' expectations and we're frustrated by having to sort through our website and we're heartbroken when we hear from a customer and they're complaining about the lack of longevity of their flowers because nobody talks about those things within our industry you and I walk around thinking that we're the only ones who experience those types of scenarios and that all of our favorite designers who we don't ever actually have real, vulnerable, authentic conversations with must have everything perfect. But remember, remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about this idea of the human experience being 50-50. I don't care how long you've been a floral designer for, right, you could be going into your 27th year as a designer. You're a human being first, business owner second, which means 50% of the time, it's not going to feel awesome and that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. And that leads me to point number three. It's okay to acknowledge that it feels shitty. Literally, it is part of the human experience. Like the feeling of rejection is so programmed into our human body and it is so not an awesome vibration. <laughs> we jumped to, hey, can you just bring up for yourself the last time you felt rejection? I mean, I'm going to just share this funny story because this was so fascinating because I had learned about these concepts and about this work. And I was at CrossFit. And yes, my friends, we had done one of those. Everybody divide into the whole gym, the whole box into two teams. And we're going to assign two captains and everybody gets to pick their team. And you are correct <laughs> assuming that I was picked last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of our worst case scenarios, my friends, let's be grown adults and let's be picked last. Like very, very last. It was like something from mean girls, except that there were guys involved too. And I could see my brain going into the thought pattern of, see Kathleen, you can't even be part of a CrossFit gym and be good enough. And here's the thing, being picked last sucks. It sucks ass and that's okay because of how we are programmed as human beings. This idea that it's okay to feel that sense of rejection. Like in that moment, I'm not going to stand there and be like, buck up, buttercup. You don't need to feel rejected right now. It's like, no, literally, I am a tribal species human being and I just got picked last for some weird exercise that we're doing at CrossFit and it feels fucking shitty and I'm okay with it. And this idea of it's okay to feel rejection because every floral designer feels it. Even your favorite designer has navigated moments of rejection. They would have had the most beautiful ideas for somebody's wedding or event or a shop fit out or a specific container or how to style an event or I don't even know what, how to use unique ingredients in an innovative way, how to present a really new and kind of disruptive concept. And even with all of those years of experience, a huge percentage of customers will say, no, that's not for me. And remembering that it's a very normal part of the human experience. And I know for me personally, this fear of rejection was one of the biggest reasons that it took me so long to raise my prices. Because I had wrapped up so many stories of my customers only want cheap flowers. I live in a really competitive area. Nobody's going to pay Kathleen that much to do this kind of work. And I stayed stuck in my undercharging cycle for so long. And I just want to make sure that you get out of your own way, that if you know that you're allowing the fear of rejection, allowing the oh, you're too expensive reaction from your customers to stand in the way from you raising your prices, there is nothing wrong with you. And I know for so many of us as floral designers and as creatives, right, where we are using our creativity to make money, no matter what kind of defloristry or design services that you offer allowing the fear of rejection to stand in the way of you creating the business that you want to create is totally fixable. It is totally changeable. And it's kind of like we walk around as business owners knowing we should raise our prices, but we don't quite know how to break the habit. And we come up with dozens of reasons why we shouldn't do it. And we're constantly talking ourselves out of it. And I think if we zoom out of the floral design industry for certain, so many creative, so many creative entrepreneurs navigate this exact scenario. And that's why I thought, hey, let's kind of go into this. And I want to give you my three secrets to help you flip the script, right? If you know you should be raising your prices, if you're fearful of sending your quotes out to your clients, if you're just waiting for the next customer to be like, "Eek, that's too expensive. And you can see that you're getting in the way of you creating enough money in your business and you even putting your designs out into the world and you showing up in a bigger and bolder way. I want to share my three secrets to help you really unpack this and show up with more authority as a business owner, a designer, and a human being. Because at the end of the day, my friends, we are humans first, business owners second. The first thing to know, my friends, is that you are going to hear no a lot. In fact, you're going to hear no more often than you hear yes. So you get so many opportunities to practice no. Even if you have your wedding inquiry system totally systematized and you've followed my wedding inquiry process and you've got all of my templates, all of my emails, the questionnaire, the whole quoting process, all of the details. Even when it's working smoothly, 75% of your inquiries are going to say no to your offer. Even if you're doing daily deliveries and you have followed our online catalog setup and you've got your Google AdWords sorted and everything kind of is running on autopilot, 90% of the people who come to your website are going to go away and indirectly say to you, no, thank you. I don't want what you have to offer. With those percentages in mind, it's so helpful to know that learning how to navigate rejection is simply a skill to practice because the vast majority of the customers who come in contact with what you have to offer are going to say, no, thank you. And where we can get ourselves into this spiral of self-doubt and uncertainty and I'm not good enough is when we make their no mean something about us. We make their no mean something about our ability to be successful within our business. And we make their no mean, well, I guess that confirms that I shouldn't be doing this. But remembering, like, even when you get your system sorted and you've got your sales process totally buttoned down, you're still gonna be hearing no more often than you hear yes. And that is so helpful to remember. It's like this idea of you can just start stacking up all the no's right? You can start actually keeping track. Okay. How many no's, how many actual no's have I gotten this week? And how many actual yeses have I gotten? And knowing it's just an equation. There's just a percentage and that it's just a game. And once you start to kind of really focus on the data and we can start to call ourselves out on all the drama, we can get curious and start to shift our own perspective because then you can layer on top of it, this idea that rejection is completely normal. It's what we do as business owners. Even if you went into the grocery store and you just talked to everybody who's in like the frozen food section, if there was like 10 people in the frozen food section, I'd be like, I'm not even sure any one of those people will say yes to what you have to offer. What an amazing experiment. (laughs) Like you could literally show up and decide that for the next seven days, you're just going to embrace the discomfort of the feeling of rejection and knowing that nothing has gone wrong. And of course, your immediate response is, oh my gosh, I should lower my prices. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have suggested this. Oh my gosh, what about this? And that's completely normal. But the more you can practice the feeling of rejection, the more you can lean into that experience, the more you will become completely unstoppable. Because no longer will you allow somebody else's no to then dictate the decisions that you make in your business. And it's so helpful. And this is something I get to remind myself of every single day. Somebody else's no means nothing about your worthiness or your capacity to be successful. Because somebody else has said no thank you, even if they've used douchebaggy language, (laughs) or they're giving you the head tilts and the wow, that's expensive narrative. Somebody else's no has nothing to do with your ability to figure it out. And when you can learn to separate out what they say to you from your self-worth and your capacity to make it work, all of a sudden you'll start to see, oh, okay, like maybe I should start tallying up all of these no's that I'm getting. And I hear from so many of you guys inside the Flower Boss Camp where like, okay, I finally sat down and set up my structure for my date with data, which is all about looking at the facts, looking at the information that we can glean from how many customers have inquired this week and how many of them have actually said yes to our offer, all of a sudden you're like, wow, A, there's strangers on the internet that want to work with me. (laughs) Which is like so cool. It is so cool. Strangers on the internet want to work with you. People want what you have to offer. And now it's just about understanding the details and the intricacies of setting up a sales process that makes conversion so much simpler. And the date with data is one of the concepts that I love the most. And I keep coming back to it because I'm going to sit here and be like, Oh my gosh, people are telling me it's too expensive. They don't want what I have to offer. They don't like this. And they don't like that. It's like, okay, let's come back to your brain. I know you want to spin in all of that confusion, but let's come back to the data. So here are my three secrets and my three favorite reframes to help you navigate your next rejection experience. Number one, somebody else's no just stands for next opportunity. It's like they've closed the loop for you. Thank you. This is a blessing. Now I'm going to get to work and stack up even more no's. In fact, this is one of my favorite reframes. You can actually decide now the next customer that tells you it's too expensive, the next customer that says, no, thank you, the next client that says we actually went with somebody else, or the next potential customer that completely ghosts you, you can decide now how you wanna celebrate because you are allowed to celebrate when somebody says, no, thank you. Go out there and do something lovely for yourself. When you get your next no, decide now how you want to celebrate. Secret number two, one more no means that you're one step closer to figuring it out. What happens if the next no and you reflect on what you could do differently leads you to figure out some amazing solution, system, or shortcut in your business? But we never get to figuring it out if we make the no mean something about our self-worth or our ability to actually make this magic happen. We can look at their no and be like, okay, So if they're telling me it's too expensive, if the last two, three, four, hundred and seventy-six people are telling me it's too expensive, where am I as the head of marketing and the head of messaging in my business? Where am I missing the mark? Where are they not seeing the value of what we're offering? Where am I setting my sights too low from a branding and a vibe perspective? When we really start to use their no as clues, And we start to see all of this consistent. It's too expensive. I can't afford that. I don't like that idea. I don't like those flowers. I didn't know that this was the way that it was going to work. You can start to look at their feedback as data, take their data. And the next time somebody says it's too expensive, remember, okay, this is how we can go out on Instagram and on our website and on Facebook and whatever you're doing from a marketing point of view and be like, What can I do to proactively educate my clients on customers on how this whole thing works? Because you have to remember, and this is something that I find so incredibly powerful, and it's true. I didn't even make this up. Your customers today still don't understand that flowers don't come from a machine. It doesn't matter if you've done 500 weddings, maybe you've been a designer for 27 years, or maybe you're just getting started and thinking about opening up a shopfront. Your customers have no idea where flowers come from. They don't know how this whole floral design thing works. And tomorrow, they're still not going to (laughs) know. You could literally show up on Instagram every single day. You could write a 100 blog posts and your customers still aren't going to know. But we forget that. And that always comes back to us as, that's expensive. It might be that the price is more than they expected because they had a certain budget in mind, but it's also, they don't even know what they're buying. Like your clients do not know what they're buying and they are not going to change, my friends. Those amazing humans who think that peonies are available 52 weeks of the year and cannot tell the difference between a rose and a carnation, they're going to keep showing up in the same way, which is actually what makes marketing and sales super simple in our business. The fact that your customers do not know how this whole thing works makes it so easy for you to provide value ahead of time. And you can do that so effectively when you're really paying attention to the data and the feedback and the input and the information that your customers are giving you through their nose. This idea of we don't have to make ghosting mean anything. We don't have to make, oh, that's too expensive, mean anything. We don't have to make any of it mean anything. We can just use it as data. And instead of taking it as a personal attack on you, we can look at it and go, oh, okay. So the last 15 people have said, wow, that's way more expensive than I thought it would be. Okay. So what are some ideas? You are a creative after all. What are some ideas that you could put together in terms of how to talk about your process differently? Remember, our good old friend Albert Einstein once said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. So if you have looked at the last few inquiries that you've received, or you've documented some of the comments that some of your clients have made on the phone, or you've started to compile some of the DMs or some of the emails that you've received, just look at it and going, oh, okay. This is actually incredibly helpful information. It then spawns your next Instagram post. What else could you be doing on your website? Where else do you need to educate or come up with a template or a script to make it even easier for your customers to understand what it is that they're signing up to? And that's one of the easiest things that we often overlook. We think our customers know as much as we do. We think our customers even love flowers as much as we do, right? We start our businesses because we have this passion for floral design and we want to share this magic with the world. My friends, they think that peonies are available 52 weeks of the year. They always have and they always will. And that is not a problem. So start giving yourself permission to really dig into the information that your customers are giving you and... I am 100% going to be like, let's start tallying up the yeses and the noes, because I think that we should just bring in more Canadiana into this. Let's pretend that we're all going curling. It doesn't really work this way, but it kind of does. <laughs> I want you to start racking up those yeses and those noes. right? We get to make a game of it because their no doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. And so this is secret number three, is learning to call your brain out and building up the skill set to separate out personal rejection from a professional no. I often think about quitting my job, quitting this job of being a business owner and just going and working at McDonald's. And I give myself permission to indulge in that fantasy probably every day. (laughs) Like literally, I was telling a friend of mine about this and she was shocked. She was shocked that I would ever entertain the idea of quitting my job. And I was like, it's just for fun. It's just to remind myself that I always have the choice, that if I ever want to, I can close the door and I can just go get a job at the Maccas. And I often think about those like 17-year-old kids who are up there, I don't even know, haven't been in a McDonald's in a long time, but let us pretend that he's at the till And maybe they've come up with some script where they're trying to upsell into a value meal with, I can't even tell the story because I wish I knew the McDonald's products better. But let's pretend I was about to say they're trying to do an upsell with a Frosty, but that's not what McDonald's sells. (laughs) They don't even sell blizzards. Why is the word not coming to my brain? Okay, I did have to Google it. So they're running an experiment where they're trying to upsell with a McFlurry. And so every person who's on the till is asking, oh, would you like to add a McFlurry to that for $2.79? Kathleen says no. The guy on the till, the 17-year-old person on the till is not like, oh my God, I'm going to crumble into pieces. This is awful. He's going to press the next button on his point of sale system. (laughs) This is why I love thinking about this because when my accountant seeded the idea of using some of the process procedures and concepts that we can learn just by assuming how McDonald's runs their business. All of a sudden, we can get out of our own head and be like, if I had a 17 year old kid operating the till through this situation, how would he behave? He'd literally be like, okay, next. And then if there was a consecutive number, like I would set some sort of goal of if zero out of 10 customers said no to my McFlurry offer, then I might think about doing slightly different training or creating a new script for my 17-year-old character. But it is so helpful because you and I are very well practiced at, oh my God, see, I'm not a good designer. See, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be figuring this out. I'm really too old to be making this work. And the 17-year-old kid is like, no problem, swipe to the next screen. Like, I know it sounds absurd, but these are the tactics that we get to use to be able to separate out professional no from personal rejection. Your brain, if it's anything like mine, because it is so well-practiced at attaching our self-worth to everybody else's behavior and all of the things outside of us, your brain is going to want to jump to mean there no there you're too expensive is going to be like, well, clearly you're not a good enough designer. Yes, you should close your doors and you should call it quits. That's where your brain is going to go by default. But you get to decide if you want to continue to believe it. And that's what we do inside of the Flower Boss Bootcamp, right? Because we all show up in our hot mess humanness And I will tell you guys any anecdotes, any stories, give you the skills that you need to really learn how to get out of your own way. And so if the fear of rejection is something that you know that you're struggling with and you want help and support to really get the clarity to help you show up in a bigger, bolder way, just join us inside of the Flower Boss Bootcamp. Because even the idea of having a community where you can talk about the fear of rejection and knowing that there's nothing wrong with you is a game changer. My friends. And it's so important to remember rejection is a normal human experience. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. It's simply that we are very well practiced. We have a deep neuro pathway that is standing in the way of you breaking free, of you then showing up in a bigger, bolder way to create the results that you want to create in your business. And you get to decide what you want to do with that energy of rejection. And recognizing that it's a normal part of the human experience, you're going to be confronted with no's every dang day and possibly twice on Sundays, even when you've got a sales system that works for you. But learning how to take their no's, take their feedback as clues to help you level up your marketing is how you can start to make real and dramatic progress in your business. And building up the skill to separate out personal rejection from another no. I only learned this a little while ago, and I really love coming back to this idea. So at the age of 12, our good friend Beyonce received three stars on Star Search and lost. And she could have, at the age of 12, decided that that meant she wasn't cut out to figure it out. At the age of 12, she could have said, well, I guess I'm not meant to do this. Clearly, I'm not cut out for this work. She could have taken that star search rejection as the final sign, as the nail in the coffin. And she could have gone out and gotten a job as an accountant. (laughs) I mean, it's possible, right? In a totally different world, it's possible. But she didn't. I often think of this experience of them sitting there in like total meltdown tears, complete devastation, and feeling rejected. And then having the resilience to show up again in the future and not allowing Ed McMahon's no, whoever those judges were, of like, nope, not good enough, not allowing that to be the dictator of what's possible for her in her life. And if you're a human being who has never thought about your relationship with rejection, if you're afraid to feel rejected, one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself and you can ask your brain is what are you making? There, no mean, and write it down. No judgment. This is pure curiosity, total grace, total compassion for the fact that you're a human being with a human brain. What are you making it mean? And what do you want to make it mean? Because you get to decide. You get to decide if you want to make that next no just mean okay, I'm one step closer to figuring this out, or if you want to make it mean I'm not good enough. I should just close my business. You get to decide. It's the beautiful thing about being a full-grown adult, my friends, is you get to decide what you want to make anything mean. And you get to decide if you want to make their, oh, that's way more money than I wanted to spend, if you want to interpret that in a way that continues to make you feel stuck and insufficient, or you get to decide if you want to go, well, thank you for your data. Now I shall show up in a bigger, bolder way, and I shall take your input and use it in my marketing. And if you want to dig into this work even further, just come join us inside Flower Boss Bootcamp and I'll give you the tools that you need to show up with more confidence, get the clarity that you're looking for, and really start to make massive progress in your business. Keep showing up, keep learning how to make more money, build a business, all well being human. My friends, let's go out there and make some magic and make some money. Have the most amazing day and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.